Welcome to the Visitation Podcast, where we discuss solutions to hot topics surrounding child custody, visitation, and parental alienation. The purpose of this podcast is to offer tips and tricks on how to successfully navigate high-conflict custody battles and discuss how to avoid argumentative situations that can hurt the child. We want to hear from you. If you stay tuned to the end of this podcast, we answer one question from our listeners. To submit your questions, send a message to us on Twitter at VisitationPod. And now, with over five plus years of experience and knowledge in navigating a high-conflict custody battle, your host, Nicole Daniel. Nicole Daniel. Hello and thank you for listening. My intention is for this podcast to reach listeners like myself who had no clue at the beginning of their high conflict custody battle on how to proceed. Even if this is the only episode you listen to, I hope you take something away from this that can help your specific situation. So let's get into it. Today's episode is about mediation. The definition of mediation is intervention in a dispute in order to resolve it. And intervention, or to intervene, simply means to come between uh, so as to prevent or alter a result or course of events. And in this case, courses of events are between two parents. Those definitions come from Oxford language in our Oxford language dictionary. Attending mediation is intended for parents to resolve their dispute without going before a judge. Although some people with high conflict personalities will, no matter how much professional intervention is offered, will still end up in court before the judge. It can be costly, anywhere from $200 to $500 an hour. I know I paid $200 an hour and it took my mediation uh, two and a half hours, at which I paid for at the end of the call. At any rate, you would join the Zoom call, okay? I logged in about 15 minutes prior to my appointment and I waited. I believe you have the option to attend mediation with an attorney or without. And of course, I had an attorney. Uh, I know some people, as I stated in my last episode, that they may have no attorney and kudos to you. I mean, I admire your strength and your boldness and I really do. I it's, it's truly amazing because, and I can't express, express that enough because when I stepped into court alone and my ex had a big time attorney, a shark, I was scared. Real fear, fear. Okay. So again, I admire your strength. Okay. So once all parties were on the call, we said our hellos to the mediator and the parties were addressed individually. And oh, if your ex has a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, um, who is not a party listed on the case, they're not allowed to be on the Zoom call. So they may be asked to leave the room unless you give them permission, you know, the visitor, the other party permission to stay. So if, if it's not mentioned, you have the right to mention to the mediator, you know, hey, you can say, Anyone who's not listed in the party of this case, can you please ask them to leave? I don't see any reason for them to be here or I feel uncomfortable that they are here. Okay, just make sure you yourself are in a room by yourself where it's quiet with no distractions. 
and and like and like that there. Just remember that your child literally has two parents, mother and father. Or if you're a part of the LGBT community, then simply put, your child has two legal parents, okay? And and those are the adults who should be making the decisions and communicating and interacting with one another for the for the benefit of the child. So keep an open mind, you know, and be realistic as to what you want. Consider the actions that you've already taken um, and what can be done to make those actions better or the other parents' actions better in the future. Okay, and, and be clear that using a mediator does not ensure a particular result for your scenario. It doesn't. So no, and no competent mediator will say to you things like, uh, you know, going with me, I can make sure that you win your case or something like that. Any competent uh, mediator, they won't promise things like that. The, the first thing a qualified mediator will do when working with you and your ex is to address that they are only there for negotiations, period. Okay, and and they are not the judge and they cannot decide your case. Um, They should make it clear that it's not about what anyone would have, could have, should have did in the past, that they don't want to uh, waste time because time is money on hearing the intricate details, uh, going back and forth or being argumentative in your case. Um, What was done is in the past. And we should only be focused on, you know, what's in the best interest of the child and what both parents can live with regarding your litigation, right? This current process. Litigation is the process of taking like a legal action. So you've, you've taken a legal action or they've taken a legal action. And this mediation is only can talk about what you can live with regarding this legal action. Mediators themselves may have training in any one of any, any of these fields like uh, religion, education, social work, law, psychology, or other areas that involve professional negotiation. So when one or more parties are high conflict, are excessive litigants, uh, don't want to agree with to anything, only want their way and the only way and that's it, um, mediation doesn't work. However, mediation is undoubtedly a lot less expensive than ongoing litigation back and forth to court. And if your position has any prospect uh, of benefiting um, from it, then that may be worth it. But who's to say you're not the judge, you're not making the final decisions during mediation. This will be the last time that you have the opportunity to decide what's what the parenting plan will do or what's going to be involved or included in the parenting plan. And if you don't reach a solution during mediation, then you end up going to court. And, and keep in mind, again, you may not get anything that you're asking for. OK, going forward. So, OK, let's see. Uh If you're choosing to go with a private mediator, because mediators can be privately selected or selected by a court. Make sure they can provide proof to you that they can show the courts that you all attended mediation. Do your research with anyone that you hire, just as if you were hiring a contractor to do work on your home, right? Um, or your apartment, research your mediation, your mediator just as hard. Okay, Um, and you've reached the end of this podcast. And as always, a question from one of our listeners. 
Now, so I had a woman reach out to me on Facebook and she said she wanted to withdraw her motion for custody and wanted to know if that was an okay move to make. This was in the state of Illinois. And yes, you can file a motion to withdraw your uh, custody motion. But keep in mind this. Now, both parties were in separate states, right? But keep in mind this. So say you file a motion and the courts don't do anything. They apply, they, they, um, appoint you a guardian ad litem, right? Uh, and that's it. They don't say anything. They don't do anything. Um, which is another tactic for them finding or helping you and the other parent find a solution without going through uh, excessive litigation, right? So if they do that and you decide, you know, hey, I want to withdraw my motion. Yes, you can withdraw your motion, but keep in mind, custody is still not established. It is extremely dangerous grounds that you're playing on when you decide that you want to withdraw a motion. Okay, if there's anything going on that you do not like, that you feel is unfair, or that is against the law, then you don't want to withdraw. So like, for instance, in my case, when I was going back and forth to court during litigation, if I would have withdrew my case, knowing that I was experiencing parental alienation, knowing that I wasn't able to see my child as much as I wanted to, knowing that there was an excuse every time I asked for visitation time, okay, if I withdraw that motion, those behaviors from the other parent are going to continue. And if you decide, okay, so, hey, I'm just not going to talk to them anymore. They live out of state. I'm just going to ignore them. That shows more, that is more negative on your part than it is on their part. And now if they decide to get a journal and write down every time they ask for their child and you don't give them that access to their child, right? You are now violating their parental rights, Okay, um, or their biological rights, because there's a difference between biological rights and parental rights. Okay, you don't want to do this. So my advice to this young lady would be to allow visitation, say at your mom's house or at the park, some sort of public location. Um, If you don't feel that the other parent is going to try to reach out to you to have visitation, then hey, get a journal yourself. Write down every time they decide to ask for you all's child. And if they don't, keep a log, say every month, no phone call from such and such for the month of June. No phone call from such and such for the month of July. Uh, One phone call on this date, uh, August 12th, 2022, uh, asked for child, offered the child visit uh, um, occurs at my mom's house. Um, he re- denied he did not want to have that visit. Those types of things. Okay, keep that. Keep it going. Don't just block them out because the point and the goal of this podcast, the point and the goal of this information is that you are aware and they are aware that the both of you have rights. That both of you are supposed to be involved in your child's life, and if you want to raise a healthy happy child, right? When I say healthy, I'm talking about an emotionally healthy child, an emotionally healthy child that grows to be an emotionally healthy adult that has successful, 
positive relationships in their lives, right? They are a child. It has been proven. There are statistics out there. There are uh, uh, studies that have been done. This is a child who have had who has had love from both mother and father. And if you're a mother and you're keeping your child away from the father, that shame on you. That's it. Bottom line, shame on, shame on you. Yeah, maybe he kept the baby a little longer, but guess what? He he came back. And and now that he came back, now that you're back in power and you have the control, you know, make sure that this child sees his father, even if it's on Zoom. Even if it's on Zoom, allow him to visit, you know? Don't deny it because you got angry. It's not about you, okay? So that's it. That concludes the end of this podcast. This is Nicole Daniels wishing you the very best in the rest of your week. Be well.